I'm your host, John Sayers, and I am the Angry Tenor. I sang for more than 30 years in opera houses from Copenhagen to Munich, from New York to San Diego. I have worked with many well-known singers, stage directors, and conductors. After I retired from singing, I spent 10 years editing and writing The East Sider, an arts and entertainment newspaper in South Florida. I also created, produced, and presented The Opera Minute for NPR on the Treasure Coast. I have been doing the podcast now for a little while, and I think I'm starting to get the hang of it. At least I hope so. I just wanted to remind you that new episodes go live every Monday evening at 7 p.m. That's every Monday evening at 7 p.m., new episodes of The Angry Tenor. Here's an idea. In Germany, actually in Dusseldorf, the opera there is presenting opera, as it were, in a drive-in movie theater. The way it works is they are on stage in the opera house. They have the soloists, they have the orchestra, they have the chorus, and what they're doing this time is highlights. And then it streams to the screen in the drive-in movie where the audience is then invited to drive in in their cars and line up just like you would for a drive-in movie, and you watch the opera, or you watch the the highlights, you watch the singers on stage, on the screen, while listening to the opera over your car radio. And I suppose if you don't have a good car radio, you might want to think of something else to do that night. But if you have a good car radio, here's your chance. They're charging somewhere in the vicinity of 50 euros for a carload of five. And I think that's a pretty good deal. I would like to see them expand this, as long as this this virus is causing problems, expand this to presenting a real opera there, a full-length opera. You could charge more money, and everybody is safe from the virus. What a great idea. That makes me happy.
Here are some opera news. Last week we reported that the Metropolitan Opera in New York will not have a season starting this month in 2020. It hopes to start again a year from now, meaning it will be closed for more than a year and a half. The reason is the coronavirus, which has already claimed at least two lives at the Met, Vincent J. Leonti, a violist in the orchestra, and Joel Revson, an assistant conductor. Also, Anna Netrebko, the opera's reigning diva, who was scheduled to sing Puccini's Turandot at the Met next season, announced that she had been hospitalized with the virus after singing alongside an ill colleague at the Bolshoi Theater in Moscow. Shortly after I retired, I got a little antsy. I somehow wanted to get back on the stage, but not with all the pressure that I had before. So there were a lot of community theater groups in the area where I was living, and I decided, well, maybe I can get involved with them and and do something, which I did. The first one that I did was appropriately named Lend Me a Tenor. And I, of course, played the tenor, who was in town to do Otello. That all fit, and it was a lot of fun, and uh, I really enjoyed it. I didn't get paid anything for doing it, but, you know, it was so much fun, I didn't mind. So I went on and did a few other things, and then at one point, the director of a theater came to me and asked me if I would be interested in doing the music direction for a production of The Mikado. I said, well, that sounds interesting. Let me do that. So I began preparing and uh, started rehearsals eventually. And everything was going along fine, uh, with the exception that, as is usual in, in these community situations, you never have enough men for the chorus. And as the Mikado was very much dependent on having a male chorus that uh, uh, was not shy, um, I wasn't really sure what I was going to do, but I surprisingly had 10 men turn out, uh, all of whom could carry a tune, and so I figured I could use them, and I could, but they all had such small voices that that the 10 of them together didn't sound any stronger than one person. So it was a problem that I was dealing with. We had started rehearsal, and in the first week the stage director quit director of the theater came to me and asked me if I could also stage direct. I said, well, that's a nice challenge. Let me do that. So I did. And we had a nice six-week rehearsal period. I continued to have uh, music rehearsals and in between stage rehearsals and 
and uh, it all, I had a good pianist who was able to, to, to take some of the music rehearsals uh, off my hands, but we already had the, the, the basics down. They were originally planning on doing it with piano, and I said, no, 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 I don't like that. Um, we need more. We need more substance. And at that time, it was, it was commonplace to use a CD with the orchestra accompaniments. So we decided to do that, and there was a guy in town who did a very good job of putting these things together on his, his recording equipment, and he was, had his own studio and everything. So we got him to do it. And uh, at the night we were putting it all together, I was there, and the director of the theater was there, who also sang in the chorus, I might add. We were putting this, this show together, and we were talking about various things, and it suddenly occurred to me that I needed to do something about the men in the chorus. And what came into my mind was, how about I sing the tenor part, and this director of the theater, who was a bass, could sing the bass parts, and then we could include them in the whole recording, and you would have all of this backup here for the men. It would also, you know, give them a cue in case they, in case they didn't know what they were doing or where to come in. So we tried it, and it worked remarkably well. So we included it into the whole recording for the accompaniment, uh, we didn't tell the cast when we had the first rehearsal with music. And, of course, it was a big surprise when these voices came booming out of the uh, speakers on stage. And uh, we then had to sit down and tell them what we did. And uh, and they all seemed to be very good with it. And actually, I sat out in front and, and the sound was, was actually very good. There was a good balance between the men and the women, which was good. For the last three performances in the run... The actor playing Mikado uh, got very, very sick and could not go on. I had to fill in for those last three performances. I, I knew the music very well. I wasn't always sure of the lyrics, especially in the dialogue. I wasn't always sure of, uh, that I was going to be on top of the lyrics. So we very cleverly worked into the robes of the Mikado cue cards. And yes, I stood out there and... Every time I had to say something, I looked at my sleeve, and it worked very well, and I enjoyed doing the Mikado. It was, it was kind of fun, and uh, the whole experience was kind of fun, kind of unusual. Um, I'm sure other people have done things similarly. It turned out all right. It was good enough that I'm really not very angry about it. After I had moved to Munich, I was still singing as a guest performer at my old theater in northern Germany, and I was up there to sing a production or performance of Carmen, of Don Jose and Carmen. I was staying with a, a friend of mine, and while I was staying there, I got a call from my agent, who said that he had arranged an audition with Tito Capobianco, 
who was then general director of the San Diego Opera. The audition was going to be in two days' time in London. And I said, well, that's fine, I'll go. So I did. I sang the performance that night. The next morning I got up very early. I decided to drive to London because I had a few days off. I knew people in London, very good friends of mine, a basso and a mezzo, who were a married couple. I drove over there, got used to driving on the left side of the road, and uh, showed up at their house in London. They took me out and uh, showed me around a little bit. And the next day was my audition. So I went down to the audition place. It was a nice little small theater. There was Tito Capobianco and a few people that I have no idea who they were. So we just talked a little bit. I sang a couple of arias, and then we talked some more. He thanked me, and I left. I went back to my friends because we were going to the English National Opera that night where the basso friend was singing Angelotti in Tosca. I was to accompany his wife, the mezzo. So we showed up, and the uh, general director of the opera came out on stage before the performance and said, we are sorry to announce that our Cavradosi is feeling ill and is not sure he can go on. We are trying to get a hold of his, of his backup, but so far have been unable to do it. So we would ask you to go to the lobby and have a champagne on us, and we will let you know what is happening. Well, my friend, the mezzo, said, you sing Tosca, you sing Cavradosi, right? I said, yes, I do. I sing it in Italian, and I sing it in German, but I do not sing it in English, which was the language they were going to be performing in that night. Well, she said, better to have somebody singing in another language rather than nobody singing at all. So let's go back and tell them you're here and are willing to do it. So I said, okay, let's do that. So we went backstage, introduced ourselves to the general director of the theater and explained who I was and what I could do. He said, well, let's just, you know, kind of stand by. We're not sure what's going to happen. We haven't been able to get hold of the backup, and our Cavarossi is really feeling bad. So he said he took me to a rehearsal room, and he said, here, if you would like to go in and warm up, just in case, we'll let you know as soon as as, uh, as our tenor has made up his mind. So I said, okay. So I went and warmed up for about 15 minutes. I came back out, and the general director came up to me and said, well, our tenor has decided he can sing after all. So they thanked me, and uh, and that was it. Uh, we went back out into the audience. The performance went on. The tenor sang, well, not well, but he wasn't sick either. So it all worked out pretty well. Went back to the house, spent a good evening, and the next morning my agent called, telling me I had to get to uh, back to Germany in Kassel, the tenor was already announcing that he was sick for the next day. He was a good friend of mine, and I know that he uh, he had just received uh, tenure. If you sing for 15 years in one opera house, they give you tenure. That means you cannot be fired. But usually what they do is they make you sign a contract at about a quarter of what you were being paid before. So they get you very cheap, but you do have a job. And he was responding by being sick as often as he could. He always cleared his schedule with me uh, before he did all of that. 
In this case, he didn't have a chance to do that, but he was sick. So they were doing Calvin Pog, and he was singing Toridu. So I started off right away, took the ferry back over, and stayed with my friend. My friend, I ended up marrying her, and we are still married to this day. Uh, the next day I left and drove over to Kassel, sang Turidu, and then I had to return to Munich. That's the story of my little trip to London and my first experience with Tito Capabianco. There's more to come on another day. That will make me very happy. And this has been the show for today. I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, I wanted to give you, if you have comments to make, I hope you do, um, to send them to me, send them to my email, and uh, let me know if you want them put on the uh, on the podcast, and I will put them on. If you don't, please say that also, and I won't. But the uh, the email address is heldentenore at att.net. That's heldentenore. If you have a comment, please send it to me at heldentenore at att.net. And let me know whether you want it on the podcast or rather uh, if you would wish that, uh, that I just don't. And I will honor your wishes, of course. So, I'm John Sayers. And I am the Angry Tenor. Oh!